You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Captain Wags. I give you A. And welcome into the ACL pod featuring the one and only Cap'n Wags. He is Wags. I am ACL. College football week 12. NFL football week 11. The website, therealmrecl.com. Twitter, Instagram, at therealmrecl, at Cap'n Wags. Wags, college football, NFL Middle of November, nothing better, man. How you doing? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I can't believe we're we're into the season this far already. You know, Thanksgiving coming right around the corner, and uh, you know things are good. Uh, how, how can we uh, how can we complain? We cannot complain. I mean, if you had told me, uh, I don't know, three, even four or five months ago, somewhere around there, that we'd have you know full football, full NFL for the most part, full college uh, in November. I definitely would have taken it. So <laughs> there were certain points, obviously, this summer where we were even skeptical if, if we would have anything at all. So definitely happy to be here. Um, let's just jump right into it. College football. Uh, before we you know talk about kind of where things are from national title landscape. Uh, you know, like to have full disclosure here. I had one of my worst college football weeks this past weekend that I've had in the last five years. I was tweeting about it. And as I always tell people, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's sort of a, an, an old cliche, but it, it, it really is true. Um, still up overall in the season, which, which is the main thing. But there are going to be weeks like that. I, I tweet out my sort of football manifesto before the season starts every year. And I say, I'm going to have a lot of good weeks, but I'm going to have some bad weeks, too. And the ball just bounced the wrong way, and they all happen to be on the card. So things happen. Um, but looking for a big bounce back this week, and certainly there are some good spots on the card here, which we will definitely touch upon. Uh, as we kind of look at where things are, Wags, from a, we'll call it national title landscape, playoff picture, that kind of thing, I think for me you have the big three, right? Largely unchanged at the top. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Obviously they all win. I think that they're all going to get in. Uh, that fourth team, though, is definitely interesting. You know, you have the Florida Gators of the world. You have Texas A&M's, Cincinnati's. We've talked about Notre Dame for sure. Where are you at in terms of kind of those top three? Do you have those locked in, assuming that they all win, and then that that fourth team there too? Yeah, first I, I want you to be a little careful here because we got Notre Dame sitting at number two in the uh, AP for now, and, for now, and Clemson four. So you <laughs> might you might be making some uh, Notre Dame fans upset out there. Um, Fair enough. But, yeah, no, uh, look, I think it's Alabama and Ohio State unless, you know, something crazy happens at 1-2. Uh, Clemson and Notre Dame are going to play each other, right, uh, ACC championship unless something yep. crazy happens. If, if uh, Clemson – Miami sneaks in there. Right, man. right. Very, very, very possible. Look, I think I – think, um, yeah, I didn't read the rules, but I think if Clemson loses again – um, and Miami wins out and Notre Dame wins out, it's going to be Miami and Notre Dame. Correct. Uh, they then, both have one loss and Notre Dame would have the tiebreaker. Right. And then if Clemson wins out and Notre Dame is to lose and Miami wins out, Miami and Notre Dame, I think it's whoever might be ranked higher yep. or something like that would, would play Clemson in the title. So, But most likely we, we'll see Clemson and Notre Dame win out. Um, they're going to play head-to-head in the ACC championship game. Um, I suspect Florida – to probably win out, will play Alabama in the SEC championship game. Now, if Alabama beats Florida, you know, I think the, the spread would, would kind of look that way, and, and I can see that happening. Florida will be out with two losses. The winner of Notre Dame-Clemson in round two will be in. Now, depending on how close that would be, would kind of determine maybe if Notre Dame would sneak in, in that final spot. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Look, you gotta give Cincinnati a shot. I know you mentioned Indiana, but um, look, they they play Ohio State. They gotta play Wisconsin. Um, could Wisconsin sneak in? That could be a team. So the Indiana yeah. Wisconsin matchup. I think they played December fifth. That could be an option right there. Uh, otherwise, look, well, you know, we've been saying it for the last few weeks on the pod, Cincinnati, BYU, could they sneak in somehow? Uh, I highly doubt anybody from the Pac-12 is, you know, is going to get in, but could Oregon impress and sneak in? I mean, I, I say 
unlikely. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be fun to see who, who gets in and um, who those top four are. You know, I would obviously love to see something different than we always see every year. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. So the Big Ten this week has sort of a de facto, I'll call it tournament, right? Um, the top two teams in each division are playing. You have Wisconsin and Northwestern, both undefeated. And then you have Indiana and, and Ohio State. So people are talking about, you know, 18 playoff, 16 team playoff. Well, you essentially have that this weekend in that conference. Um, yep, yep, exactly. Right? So yeah. that's kind of the way that, that I look at that. Obviously, Ohio State, big favor there, 20 and a half at, in terms of um, uh, the spread against uh, Indiana this Saturday at noon Eastern should be a, a really good game. I always, as I as I mentioned, look at to make the playoffs. DraftKings has these updated odds every week to make the playoffs. Uh, Alabama minus eleven hundred. So <laughs> okay, Clemson minus four eighty. Ohio State minus eleven hundred. So if you put those three to the side, you got to pick out that fourth team. Right now they have Notre Dame favored at minus two seventy eight. Uh, the thinking is if they get to the ACC title game and lose that game they would still be in as the fourth team there uh the gators plus 190 they would have to beat alabama they'll be a significant dog there uh cincinnati plus 550 to make the playoff byu 10 to 1 i definitely would have cincinnati in ahead of byu if it comes down to those two teams um there but yeah as of now notre dame minus 278 to make the playoff uh what i find interesting about that number is wags if you then click over to national championship odds notre dame 17 to 1 so, you Crazy. know, they're kind of telling you what the spread would be in the final four there if Notre Dame makes Look, it. Look, I mean, Notre Dame, historic team, you know, there's a huge fan base there. Uh, if they get to the Nash, uh, the ACC championship and, and it's close, they already beat Clemson once, there's going to be, uh, you know, they draw a lot of money, you know, a lot of viewership, and, and Notre Dame will, I think, you know, Vegas is basically saying they're going to be in. Um, that that's a high number at minus two seventy eight. Um, but I guess look, they are ranked number two. They are undefeated. Um, but yeah, they're going to. Ian have Book to is play. impressed. Yeah, he's, he's looked much better. I would give him credit. Yep, absolutely. Um, they they they've looked good. Look, they they stepped up when they needed to. They beat Clemson. Um, you know, I know it was without Lawrence and without a few guys on defense, but um, you know, they they impressed. They they. They won the game, um, and that's why they're ranked number two in the nation. So um, I, I can't wait to, to see some of these, you know, assuming these teams went out, uh, rematch in the ACC title game and an Alabama-Florida game, which um, will be very entertaining. A high-scoring game, to say the least, yes, it would be. absolutely. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame, I mean, they really impressed me last week with that spot at BC. They came off the Clemson win. They were at BC last week, an, an absolutely awful spot on paper. Uh, they wound up winning that by 14, covering the closing number there. So kudos to Notre Dame. Uh, we talked about this one game, though, at North Carolina. They, Notre Dame is off this week, but they play at North Carolina Friday, November 27th, day after Thanksgiving, at North Carolina. That is a sort of game that no one's looking at, no one's thinking about. I know North Carolina's lost a couple of games that they should have won, but take a look at that game just in terms of maybe screwing up ACC uh, futures there. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, one team, Wags, that has certainly not impressed is the Michigan Wolverines this year. Uh, yeah, one in three so far. Absolutely embarrassing loss to Rutgers at home, 49-11. to um, I'm sorry, embarrassing loss to Wisconsin, for, Wisconsin 49-11. to They moved them, as I said, to one in three. Jim Harbaugh, he's in his sixth year here. Look, I mean, he's 48-21, and but he's just one in four in bowl games. He's just two and eleven versus top ten teams. He's ten and thirteen versus top twenty-five teams, and of course, he hasn't won the big one versus Ohio State. In my opinion, I love Jim Harbaugh. I think he's a really good coach. I think if you look at what he did at Stanford, it's fantastic. He took the San Francisco 49ers from one of the worst teams in the league to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I just think, based on what I saw the last, what I've seen from this team the last two weeks, a new voice is probably needed around Michigan at this point. I mean, people forget that when he got there, Brady Hoke was the coach prior. He was 31-20. and 20. Prior to him, Rich Rodriguez, 15-22. and 22. I mean, this was a mediocre Big Ten team. Uh, and I just think the expectations were so high with Harbaugh's pedigree and kind of what he had coming in that unless you're in the playoffs every year, and I get the whole Ohio State thing, you do need to beat them at least once or twice. Um, but to me, this team looks absolutely lifeless. His message is clearly not getting across to his guys. 
and I don't know. It might just be time for a new voice. Maybe Urban Meyer, perhaps. I don't know. That would that would be something. That would be something for <laughs> sure. Wow. Um, yeah. Look, you know, M- Michigan and Harbaugh. I, I I like it. I think they actually go well together. Obviously, they haven't been, um, you know, even hitting their expectations nor exceeding. Um, they're too old school. Uh, you know, they always look slow. For whatever reason, you know, he likes to play a tough, hard-nosed football. It just doesn't work unless you have playmakers and athletes and speed. Now, you know, I'm not sure if he is trying to, you know, just continue to do what he does. Um, but I'm not seeing it on the field. And, and you know, w- without speed, you're going to lose. And, and I think you, you see that with Indiana, right? Indiana's got speed. Um, they're flying. They have a, a great, you know, spread offense and thrown around the ball, and um, that they look good. Uh, but Michigan, like you said, they look a little lifeless. They need to rebrand somehow. Um, yeah. They need to completely revamp the brand. I mean, Michigan now is, is uh, like nobody's scared to go play Michigan. Nobody's scared of the big house. Um, you know, it's kind of a shame. And, uh, you know, we, I think we all would love to see Michigan and uh, kind of turn it around and, and, you know, do better than eight and four, do better than one and three like they are now. But, um, you know, the, the last several years, you know, Harbaugh's record, you know, eight and five, ten and three, nine and four, like sounds good on paper, but not Michigan. I guarantee Michigan fans are not happy with ten and three. You know, I think it's it's eleven and one or bust. So, um, yeah, and they've lost the last four bowl games. Yeah, got embarrassed against Alabama last year. I'm glad you brought up the whole rebranding thing because I think Nick Saban exemplifies that perfectly. When you thought of Alabama, maybe prior to the last three four years, it was defense, right? Defense win championships. Defense, defense, defense. They had sort of uh, I'll call them game manager type quarterbacks, guys that got the job done. Etc. But let the defense win. Saban figured out that with the new rules and the way that they're calling the game and the way the game is played, it's all about offense now. Can you outscore the other guy? And this is why Alabama now second in total points, fourth in the country in total yards, second in total passing yards. They're all the way down to 48th in terms of rushing yards. And I think Michigan Harbaugh, for whatever reason, just hasn't figured that out yet, or not, you know, changed his sort of mindset into into we have to just outscore people. And when you have a guy like Harbaugh, when you have the, I'll say, name recognition up to this point that Michigan has, you should be able to recruit like that. And we're seeing it with Indiana. We're seeing it with Wisconsin, obviously Ohio State. So I totally agree with you that I think they just kind of need a a reset, bring somebody in there with a brand-new mindset. But, man, this team last week in a really good situational spot, I didn't play them because I just – wasn't sold that they would show, which they didn't. But I mean, they just looked absolutely lifeless. Really embarrassing for that for that one story. Totally, there, you, so. you got to change and adapt. Change and adapt. You got to figure out and and you know understand where the game is going and stay with that. And you, uh, you know, a different sort of rebrand is Miami, right? So Miami completely. You know, they they brought out the turnover chain the last three years, and that changes recruiting, right? People yeah. want people want to be part of that culture. Um, so changing the culture, you know, and changing the coaching on the field and the way that you call the game is are both things that you need to do to kind of revamp and, and rebrand. So if Harbaugh wants to be successful, in my opinion, he's got to do both. Michigan at Rutgers this Saturday. Michigan currently minus ten and a half, total fifty four and a half. Ooh, Even that, lose that man, game at Rutgers. Ten and a half points, Michigan against Rutgers <laughs> against like, anybody. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, I know Rutgers. You know, Shiano's there and all that stuff. But Ugh. come on, I mean, if <laughs> that's. I mean, that's, I, I'm not talking about the covering the spread. I'm talking about what if they lose outright? Oh, oh, totally. Uh, I, I mean, mean I, I hear. Does you. Harbaugh make it past uh, past Thanksgiving? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Urban Myers is hanging out, man. <laughs> Imagine goes in there. And then, and then his first year, he goes and beats Ohio State. That's right. Oh, man, what a, what a <laughs> That'd story. That would be the most 2020 thing ever. Urban Meyer goes in there. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, Michigan, I mean, obviously you would say buy low spot on Michigan here at Rutgers. Only, only quote, giving 10.5. But, man, uh, could probably make the argument the other way that there's some value on Rutgers here just because this Michigan team might have just totally quit at this point. But totally. See, and I need to dig in a little more. Uh, Heisman Trophy numbers, Wags, it is essentially a four-person race at this point. Uh, all four guys at the top. Trevor Lawrence, the favorite, slight favorite, plus 200. 
Justin Fields plus 250, Kyle Trask all the way down to plus 250. We talked about him at 11 to 1 a few weeks ago. Uh, and Mac Jones, who was once the favorite, is now the quote fourth person on the board at plus 300. The fifth person, if you're curious, is Zach Wilson at 25 to 1. So basically, they're saying it's a four person race at this point. Uh, if I had to vote, I'll talk about it a little later. I would pick Justin Fields. I know he's only played three games, um, but he would be my pick at this point. Is there still any value on any of these guys? Maybe Kyle Trask at plus 250. I mean, that value seems to be just sort of sunk out the window. And I think once he plays some of these tougher teams, it's going to be tough for him to kind of keep that momentum going. Yeah, I don't think the value is there. Look, the value was there last week and the week before. We talked about 11 to 1. We talked about right before that it was 13 to 1, and it dropped a little. Now it came all the way down, right, because Florida is continuing to crush people um, and it's their offense that's doing it. So similar to Alabama, um, you see Dan Mullen doing the same type of thing where, you know, which he, you know, he's much more of an offensive mind, I think. But um, last year it was all Florida, all defense. Now uh, you got Trask. He, he's throwing the ball all over the field and he's, and he's, he's killing it. Um, so because of that, 11 to one to two and a half to one fields and Trask at plus 250. I'm all over fields. I mean, like you said, he's, only played a couple of games, but, um, you know, he's got to play um, Indiana this week who, you know, he could put up some big numbers there. He will put uh, up some big numbers Yeah, there. absolutely. So, <laughs> um, and he's impressed in every game that I've seen him play so far. And I know the, the small sample size. I mean, he's putting the ball on the money. Um, he, yeah. he looks really, really good, really comfortable. So um, kind of like Fields there at two and a half to one. And, um, you know, Lawrence at two to one. Also, not a bad ticket. Um, I've seen worse plays uh, just because, look, I mean, he, he's missed a couple of games. He comes back, wins out. Clearly, uh, you know, the most valuable type of player, Heisman Trophy, you know, without him, they can't win. And, uh, you know, there you go. I have seen worse bets on the board. If you scroll down a bit, they have uh, Spencer Rattler at 150 to 1. <laughs> so if you really want to look at worse bets, you could certainly take him. Uh, Miami Hurricanes. Okay, huge win for the Hurricanes last week at Virginia Tech. We talked about that spread at length last week, how it was sort of a fishy spread. You played it absolutely perfectly. I give you full credit for this. You played Virginia Tech first half, cashed that ticket. It got a little hairy at the end there, but, uh, you know, yeah, so it, it, it all cashes the same. But yeah, I mean, the Canes are now 7 to 1. They were scheduled to play Georgia Tech this week. The game has been postponed due to COVID issues, I believe. So good win for the Canes, though. Yeah, big win for for Miami on the road against VTech. Um, you know, I think just to take you through my mindset, three unit, why first half, why not the game? Uh, Miami's a second half team. They have been all year. Um, they kind of come in flat most weeks, uh, you know, including this week a little bit on offense and defense. Um, and, you know, they sneak out. I think there was a 14-13 minus a half was the uh, yep. first half spread. So we sneak out with the three units there, which is great. And then uh, Miami comes back, you know, obviously for me, everybody knows I'm a Hurricanes fan. Um they end up winning the game and, and come back to win. Now they've made, they made a few very questionable calls and, and um, throughout the game. Uh, but, you know, at the end, they, their defense stepped up and, and, and I think shut out VTech in the uh, fourth quarter. So uh, kudos to Miami keeping on track. I think they're what, seven or one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were supposed to play Georgia tech this week and that whole uh, their whole schedule got shuffled around. I think, you know, next they'll play Wake and then North Carolina. They don't then, play till December 5th. I mean, obviously things can change with COVID, but as of now, because their bye was after Georgia Tech, they're not scheduled to play again until the 5th. Yep. Which is uh, and I think, I think it actually kind of plays out a little bit better for Miami in a sense because Wake Forest is no kind of walk in the park. Wake no? has actually been a, a very good team. They play a very high uh, up-tempo offensive style, similar. You had a max play on them, my friend. Similar, exactly. That over uh, team total against yeah, Cuse. Exactly, and they uh, that you know cleaned up there as well. Third uh, quarter, third quarter win. Um, yeah. But yeah, Wake Forest plays that up-tempo offense like Miami does. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how 
Miami's defense can play against uh, something like that, and obviously having some time off to prepare for it is going to give Miami a little bit, um, you know, uh, of a better shot again the, against Wake. Um, the one f- flip side is I think the week after they have UNC, which again we you just talked about UNC um, and, and who you know what kind of team they are. They they've had some disappointing games, but again this team could score forty five points at the snap of you know very quickly. So. Yeah. Um, We'll see. We'll see uh, how that works out for Miami. But, uh, yeah, big um, first half win over VTech on that – or VTech win over Miami on that uh, three-unit. Nothing simplifies North Carolina more than that Florida State game. At Florida State, they close around minus 14. I think they got shut out or scored like three points in the first half, something like that. And then they come out in the second half and score whatever it was, 35 points in like 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. And, and basically should have won the game if their guys hadn't been dropping the ball. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, very Jekyll and Hyde North Carolina team. So that's why I said, look, I'm not calling for them to beat Notre Dame, but it certainly wouldn't shock me whatsoever. I mean, this is a team oh, that, that put up 59 shock, points last week. That wouldn't shock me one bit. No, they have a lot of talent on that team. Um, the Miami Hurricanes, 20-1 to 1 to win the ACC. I mean, basically, if you're betting that, you're you're hoping to get, obviously, to the title game against probably Clemson. Um, and then you could hedge it. Obviously, Miami wouldn't be as high as 21 on the money line. But things have to happen for them to get to the title game. So I certainly wouldn't be advocating for a 20-1 to ticket there. But, look, hate, it's a nice bounce yeah, back. Yeah, I don't hate that. Only because if, if you're a firm believer that they're going to beat Wake Forest, beat Georgia Tech, possibly if they need that, um, and beat North Carolina. So you're basically saying there's a 20 you, – you have a basically a 20-to-1 shot on Notre Dame losing um, yep. to like a North Carolina or even Clemson losing again, which, again, highly unlikely there. But it, anything's possible. Um, and 20-to-1, I mean, it's a nice ticket. But uh, I am not taking it. <laughs> All right, well, switching over to the National Football League, I have to start with two games. And I, you were not the guy, but I talked to another friend uh, who had Cleveland Browns minus three and a half. And he had, I'm not making this up, the Arizona Cardinals minus two and a half. He played through two games last week, both really, really large bets. And those were his two ATS spread games. So, um, Awful. absolutely crazy yeah, endings. I mean, crazy. look. It, the, you can make the thing arg- is, yeah, look. You can make arguments in both games that both were the right plays that they they made, were the right, right? plays. Were, Absolutely. I mean, you could also, I mean, not argue, but you wouldn't have even thought about it if Chubb ran in the end zone and they went up seventeen seven, and there's a minute left. You wouldn't say, "Oh, he should have gone down." This was not a similar situation. It was similar, but it wasn't the same situation as Gurley. Um, because they would have been up two scores with 56 seconds right. left. So, right. so um, again, I think it was the right play, but I don't think anybody would have batted the eye, you know, their eye if, if Chubb scored. Um, I think that game would have been over. Uh, similar, I did have Arizona minus two and a half, and that did sting quite a bit. Um, luckily, luckily, it was a half-unit play um, on the card. But, uh, you know, I, <laughs> my, I had my in-laws over – uh, my wife has um, Kyler Murray on her fantasy team. That's the worst part, man. And, Come on. And I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm like, guys, don't <laughs> leave, don't leave. You're gonna miss this comeback right after uh, <laughs> right after the Bills scored. My father-in-law got up and he was about to leave. I said, don't leave. I said, watch this, and he stayed. And sure enough, they get into a hail mary situation. Kyler, you know, everybody saw it. Makes us crazy move and then he's got to turn his body and throws it up in the air and Hopkins in between three defenders goes up to the highest point as they teach you and he snatches that ball and his hands so strong come down and it's a touchdown my wife was going crazy because she needed that um, which by the way they actually she lost by point eight um, <laughs> but oh. uh, that's another Those story the and then um, my father-in-law is just jaw hit the ground. So I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, I got minus two and a half. And then they line up going for two. I'm like, why are they going for two? And he take, I'm like, oh, man, they're in victory formation. He's going to take mm-hmm. a knee. Uh, two seconds left. And, and that, that hurt big time. That so I, I've heard a lot of people. And, again, this hasn't been confirmed because he never answered the question. I think Cliff Kingsbury thought it was a timedown. So there were two seconds left. And – 
I get that you don't want to kick the extra point because if it gets blocked and it gets run back, that's two points. Man, I refuse to believe <laughs> that Cliff Kingsbury, a.k.a. Klingsbury, would think that's a, a, a time down. I cannot. Dude, there was, I cannot he was going to run the clock out, man. That's why he did it. Man. Unless, I don't know. Yeah, Unless no Romeo Cornell was all of a sudden the Cardinals coach or something like that. Yeah, Bill exactly. O'Brien. Crazy. Yeah, so that, that was like, if he did it because he didn't want the extra point blocked, it was the right play. If he did it because he thought the two seconds would run off the clock, that's pretty bad. But I guess we will never know the answer to that. Um, as far as the Cleveland game, I thought it was the right play, obviously. Uh, I actually had the Browns money line, so it, it was fine either way. But, um, yeah, it, that, that was an interesting line because it was two and a half for, like, a brief moment in, in, uh, um, earlier in the week. But then we had the whole COVID stuff with, with Baker. He was put on the COVID, not positive list, but, like, the whatever they call it, protocol list. So the line was off the board. Went up to three reopens, and a half. And yeah, four, and then it reopens once right? he's announced yeah. in. Three, three and a half, four. So you had some really strange sort of tickets out there th- during the during the week, and then they're up three, and Chubb does that to make it ten. And oof, between fantasy, betting, and all kind of stuff. Now, the one thing I will say about that, if you look at the tiebreaker scenarios, especially this year because there's going to be one extra team, um, point differential could come in. <laughs> so you could make the argument that these teams should not be doing that because point differential, especially on a team like Cleveland who's fighting for that, call it five, six, seven, eight spot, right, what, you know? Point differential might actually matter. So I'm not saying it will, but if it does later in the year and they wind up missing a playoff spot or making the playoffs at all based on point differential, remember that. Pointing that out. Uh, Wags wanted to bring up the Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz. I mean, at this point for me, it's sort of like I was talking about Nick Foles on Monday Night Football. It can't really get worse. You know, you draft Jalen Hurts. I just think it's becoming more and more obvious to me based on what we're seeing with Nick Foles out in Chicago and some of the coaching decisions from Doug Peterson in Philly that he kind of hit that inside straight that Super Bowl year. Every single thing went right. He hit, you know, Pater with uh, with uh, uh, Foles there. A guy who had been okay throughout his career comes in, has this amazing four or five game run, win the Super Bowl. Good for them. They won. But, I mean, I, I, to me, they've all kind of been exposed in the last few years. As for Wentz, the only plausible explanation that I could have, this was a guy who was literally going to be the NFL MVP a few years ago until he got hurt uh, versus the Rams. It must just be he's not comfortable back there with the knee, which would seem odd because it's been so long. But I get that their O-line's beat up. I get it that they're, he's under pressure a ton. But he just looks absolutely out of sorts back there. And for me, you might as well see what you have with uh, with Hurts. I mean, I get that they're you know trying to win the division in the NFC East, the worst division in the history of, of professional sports. However... You can't keep doing this because it's just something has to change here for the, for the, uh, the uh, quarterback position in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I hear you, and um, some of the points you make, um, kind of that you, I don't want to say you brush to the side, but I think are really valid points. And the one is his offensive line has been trash so far this year. I watched a couple of games with Philadelphia, and, I mean, I just think he's kind of rattled, even if the offensive line does give him a solid pocket. Mm -hmm. I think it's all in his head. He's trying to rush the ball. He's throwing off his back foot. He's just trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, And I think he was ill-affected, obviously, by the O-line, also by lack of receivers. He's got no weapons there. I mean, now we got Jalen Rager there, who's kind of stepping up a little bit, Um, you know, Ertz and Goddard both got hurt. You know, usually those are their two big weapons when they're playing, you know, on the field at the same time. Um, And, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, that guy, I just don't agree with the contract that they, you know, that they gave him. I don't don't think they should have signed him again. I think he's kind of trash. Um, They they kind of need to revamp their offense Uh, now. And Miles Sanders got hurt. I mean, they had – a lot of injuries. I'm not going to call them San Francisco, who got completely crushed by the injury right. bug. But um, Philadelphia is pretty close, and uh, you know I think their offensive line is some you know had some issues. And then on the flip side, going to Jalen Hurts, you know I'm not at practice. I don't know, um, but I got to assume that he's just not ready. I don't think he he's not like a Tua in my opinion. He's not like a Herbert in my opinion. Um, I think it's way too early to throw him in there. I've only seen him come in when they run kind of that, 
for lack of a better term, wildcat. I mean, I know he's the only one in the backfield at that point as a, as a quarterback, but Wentz is usually always on the field at receiver, and they somehow run the ball and, uh, you know, maybe gains two yards. I mean, haven't really seen the guy throw it that much. I don't know if he's ready to step in as a NFL quarterback. I mean, and to your point, look, they're, they're the leader in the uh, NFC East, and I think they have to, at least at this point, stick to it unless they're completely out. Um, so I think you got to stick with Wentz and just hope that they can kind of limp their way through with Wentz, who's not playing that well. Hopefully he can click um, and the rest of their injuries um, on offense. Divisional odds to win the NFC East. Philly minus 159. This is DraftKings. Giants are 3-1. to one. Dallas is 7-1. to one. Washington is 8-1. to one. I could make a strong case, and I actually may make a strong enough case for myself here to do this. The Giants at 3-1, to one, I mean, to me, out of all these four teams, they're probably playing the best football right now. Um, they're 3-7. and seven. <laughs> They're 3-7, and seven, and yet I'm probably going to take them at 3-1. to one. The Eagles are 3-5-1. and one. Um, So, I mean, to me, it's more of a coin flip. I, Dallas at 2-7, to seven, I think that, that that team is just mentally checked out. Washington, they're playing better, but... Can't see them winning it either. So I mean, the Giants at three to one, and, and what I sort of would classify as more of a coin flippy type thing. Um, take a look at that. You know, Giants to win the NFC East, I mean, three to one. You, not the you worst. You can bet. argue that the Giants and the Redskins, um, and uh, yes, I said it, are, are playing kind of are playing hard football, right? All of their guys are trying. They're, nobody's checked out, um, even for a Washington team. And you know, they lost what in overtime. You know, that was a crushing loss. I'm not sure. Uh, if you watch that, but um, I forget who somebody on their defensive line had a late hit, which put uh, Detroit into field goal range uh, or one more play into field goal range. Um, and they lost uh, just before going to overtime after a nice march down the field um, by uh, your comeback player of the year. Perhaps, 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 perhaps. In my opinion, if Alex Smith took a snap, he was the comeback player of the year. So yep. <laughs> people wonder why I keep tweeting about that. I took him at, uh, I believe it was plus 550 preseason to win comeback it's, player it's of the year. It's hard to so. imagine that he doesn't win it um, because, yeah. dude, the guy, the guy's leg almost got cut, like amputated. Yeah. I mean, he was in serious, serious danger. Um, yeah, I get Big Ben coming back and they're 9-0. and um, and, and look – if ben, Big Ben wins it because they go, you know, 14-2 and two or whatever it may be, um, you know, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it either. Uh, but, um, yeah, Alex Smith, I mean, kudos to him. And I think it's just kind of that feel-good award for him that um, I think they'll recognize that. Yeah, and we saw it with Adam Schefter's tweet. I, I retweeted it the other day. He so there was some guy tweeted Alex Smith will be starting today and I think Schefter retweeted that and then he just put NFL comeback player of the year. So, you know, those are the guys that obviously vote on that kind of thing. Those are that's sort of the momentum, the narrative that you want um, for that award. So and look, he's played I'm not gonna say he's played well, uh, but he certainly and I'll say more so in the second half, obviously last week. He's played okay. Yeah, I and think the fact he, that I think he what led, he had to go through to play led, okay should have I think he led passing yards last week. Did he? Or say very close to it. I think he had like 390 passing yards last week. Let me check right here. Alex Smith, 390, man. 38 for 55 for 390. I mean, and they almost won the game. I bet the Eagles would like that. Sure would, man. <laughs> uh, speaking of the NFC, so the New Orleans Saints and Tampa Bay Bucks played a couple weeks ago. Sunday Night Football at Tampa. Tampa closed around minus 3.5, minus 4. Got absolutely embarrassed, blown out. Tampa goes to Carolina this past week. They're around minus six, minus six and a half at Carolina. I was on the Bucks. Absolutely love the spot here. We Tom were, Brady we were off both that embarrassment. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sorry, we were both on the Bucks. We love the spot. We we talked about during the week. You know, Brady off that embarrassing game, and now it sort of feels like the the Panthers are sort of that that trendy dog team, right? Teddy Teddy covers Teddy getting points always take them, which has been profitable for sure, but it just felt like. It was a, a an obvious buy low spot on the Bucks here. They came through. They look great. They're at uh, sitting at four to one here to win the NFC. Uh, the Packers are at four to one as well. The Saints are still at plus two seventy five. And as we're taping here on Wednesday morning, Drew Brees looks like he has cracked ribs, so a collapsed lung perhaps as well. He's going to be out for a significant amount of time. So 
it's hard to know what you're going to get with uh, Jameis and, and Taysom Hill back there, but um, certainly the Bucks look pretty darn good this past weekend. Yeah, Bucks look good. Um, you know, it's funny when I heard that the Bucks, I guess, plane was delayed and yep. they were spent seven. I put more money on the Bucks. I love hearing those stories. Um, I think a lot of the public ends up going, to, uh, you know, oh, wow, the Bucks spent, you know, seven hours on the tarmac. I'm going to go and take the Carolina uh, Panthers now. Um, no, no, no. These guys are, are professionals. That thing doesn't, you know, really impact them that much. And, you know, you can see that the line, I think, only dropped like a half a point for a hot second uh, before moving back up. So, um, you know, I think if it would have moved more significantly, Vegas would have known something. Um but that being said, uh, Saints definitely interested. I think, you know, and obviously in Winston Hill situation, uh, I think um, it's interesting. I was talking to uh, someone, um, you know, who covers for the Saints, who covers, the, you know, the team, and they were saying how it's possible that they also may take Taysom Hill and kind of not use him at all. Uh, hmm. Because he's now their backup. Wait, wait, as the quarterback or correct? No, you no, like not put him on the field as a tight it, yeah. end, quarterback, anything like that. Because now he's their number two, and if something right. happens to Jameis and Jameis gets hurt, you know they're uh, calling up Josh Rosen. Right? Yeah, exactly. You, you, you don't you, want that. You do not want that. So um, <laughs> they might put Taysom Hill in in a, you know a glass case or something like that yep. um, before putting him out there and uh, the you eighteen might million dollar backup. You'll see Jameis, and, and look, Jameis has a good matchup. I mean, the Falcons' defense, I mean, mm-hmm. at, you're at home. So I, I kind of like, um, you know, if he's going to get thrown into a situation, even though it's a uh, you know, conference division game, um, you know, being at home against a defense, yeah, they're improving slightly, but uh, not the best, and he might be able to, to you know, take advantage. And he's going to throw the ball, and he's going to take deep shots. You know, you haven't seen Breeze do it that much, and Jameis won't be scared, obviously, you know, leading the uh, league in interceptions last year. We know Jameis isn't scared. He, uh, <laughs> he'll he'll sling it, man. So, yeah, that should be an interesting one. Love watching him play. He's one of my favorite players to watch just because it's like – You never know. You never know, man. I mean, he's, he's going to sling it. Um, I want to talk about NFL Coach of the Year odds. I tweeted this out the other day. Really interesting numbers here. So you have two guys at the top right now. Tomlin's plus 145. Brian Flores in Miami is plus 185. The next one on the board is Cliff Kingsbury at 10 to 1. McDermott in Buffalo 18 to 1, along with John Gruden in Vegas at 18 to 1. Uh, the crazy part about this is Brian Flores was 100 to 1 two weeks into the season. Now the Dolphins put in Tua. They looked great. They are. They may win the division. He is plus 185. In my mind, look, if if the Steelers obviously go 16 and 0, or even like 15 and 1, something like that. You almost, by default, have to give it to to Mike Tomlin there. Barring that happening, I mean, based upon where this team was literally a calendar year ago, people were literally saying this team is tanking, which they probably were to some degree. But generally, the tanking experiment, once you draft the guy that you want, you know, it takes like two or three years in terms of the team is, is basically competitive. I mean, like I said, if Tomlin doesn't go undefeated or 15-1, and one, I'm giving this to Brian Flores for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, completely agree. And I think if you go back to our first pod talking about um, even, the, you know, the Dolphins preseason pod and uh, we talked about Flores and, and being, you know, potential coach of the year and, and it might be a good play. And um, we're exactly in that situation. Right. So the Dolphins, uh, I'll tell you what, I, I will eat my words. Um, I didn't think they were going to have this season. I didn't think Tua was going to be the quarterback that he is so far. Uh, short, you know, very small sample size so far. Um, but he's impressed me. Um, his arm looks strong. He's making the reads. Um, they're giving you know him the opportunity to shine, and, and he's taking advantage of it. So, um, you know, kudos to the Dolphins. Kudos to Tua. Flores is playing well, you know, coaching well. Um, you know, even I, I love their defense, too. Uh, really confusing a lot of quarterbacks. We saw that against the Rams. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think he, he for sure is someone that, um, you know, is going to be top two. Uh, you know, and Tomlin, again, if uh, the Steelers keep winning, um, you know, you, you, it's going to be tough not to give it to him. So I, I completely agree with you um, on that. The long shots on the board wags. 
Doug Marone in Jacksonville, 1,000 to 1. Anthony Lynn, the great Anthony Lynn in the Chargers, 1,000 to 1. And the, yes, Super Bowl winning Mike McCarthy in Dallas at 1,000 to 1. I was tweeting it out the other night. You know somebody's going to go do that. Say, oh, man, Dallas, could, they could win the rest of their games. Give me five bucks at 1,000 to 1. Turn it into five grand real quick. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to take Mike McCarthy. It's, look, let, let, them, let them do it. And, and if it happens, you know, <laughs> good for you. Post that ticket if yeah, it happens. Exactly. I'll eat my words too. Um, yeah, I, but again, it, 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 there's some guys down on that list uh, you could certainly make a case for. I think McDermott and Buffalo, if they get hot again, Kingsbury for sure. Um, 10 to 1 is definitely live. They have a big game at Seattle this weekend, which will go a long way to deciding that. But if Miami continues on the pace that they are, uh, they might just give it to Flores, even if Pittsburgh does go 15 to 1. So. Yep. We shall see. All right, before we touch upon two games, again, the website is therealmracl.com. You can follow me on Twitter at therealmracl. You can follow him on Twitter at Cap and Wags. I'm on Instagram as well at therealmracl. Any questions or anything at all, always DM us on Twitter. We are happy to answer them. Wags, big game. We talked about it a little bit. Indiana at Ohio State. This weekend, I mean, look, all of a sudden, here we are, mid-November, we have a top 10 matchup between undefeated Ohio State and, yes, undefeated Indiana, which is pretty much going to decide the Big Ten East. Ohio State currently minus 20.5, total 66. Uh, Ohio State, they haven't played since November 7th when they beat Rutgers 49-27. Their game versus last week versus Maryland was postponed due to COVID. On the other hand, Indiana, they've won four straight. Without any buys, without any games missed, last week they blanked Michigan State 24-0 in an absolutely horrible spot for them on paper with this look-ahead spot. They looked fantastic. Michael Penix Jr., 25-38, two touchdowns. I mean, as, as good as he's looked, it's their defense that's been getting it done. Now, the defense, as we talked about previously, you know, that's sort of been the knock on Indiana over the years, right? Now they're 17th in the country in points allowed, just 19 points a game. 32nd in total yards allowed. Now, they haven't faced an offense like Ohio State. I will say that. So, potentially here, this is going to be a big sort of, oh, my gosh, we're playing Ohio State now in the first half. And they could come out and just get knocked in the mouth before they kind of settle in here. I mean, they're playing possible Heisman winner Justin Fields. So, I definitely think the shock could kind of hit them early in this game. But, you know, as I mentioned, Fields would get my Heisman vote at, at this point. Uh, just three games in, but he has 11 touchdowns, zero picks, two rushing touchdowns, and he only has 11 incompletions on the entire season so far. So I think he's going to have a ton of success against this uh, Indiana secondary that really hasn't faced anybody up to this level, not even close. Yeah, in- Indiana has impressed, um, like you said, Michael Penix Jr. He's throwing, he's got thrown the ball around. He's completed about 60%, a little over 6, 60% of his passes. Um and, you know, he spreads it out. I think their uh, Ty Freifogel is their leading receiver. He's got four touchdowns already through the year and averages about 17, 18 yards a catch. So um, they're going to have to keep up with Ohio State. Ohio State's going to score. Um, you know, they never don't score. So that that's going to be an issue for them. So if they can keep up and keep scoring, like kind of similar to what they did week one against Penn State, um, you know, they could potentially keep this game a little close. And, you know, if it's close in the fourth quarter, you never know what's going to happen. Um, so we'll see in the in the horse in the horseshoe uh, noon game. You know, things are kind of against Indiana here um, and we'll see kind of what they're made of um, here in the uh, fifth week for them in the big uh, big Ten. Yeah, we have seen some sharp over money that came in earlier in the week. Yep. Um, I think the expectation here is Ohio State's going to score, as I mentioned. I, I have them scoring in the high 40s here at this point. Indiana's going to have to keep up. So, I mean, they're not going to be able to really establish the run like like they have been. Um, and it's going to be on, on, on Penix here. So we'll see. I mean, the Ohio State secondary, if they have a weakness at all, that is it. So you would think that if, if Indiana's down, which they probably will be late in this game here, I'll call it second half, that he's going to be airing the ball out there. So I definitely can see and agree with at this point in the week, this over move. Um, but, yeah, playing Michigan State, as far as just the athletes on the field, is not playing Ohio State as far as the athletes on the field. I'll just leave it at that. So <laughs> I definitely think the shock value could be there for Indiana early on. And, um, 
you know, three weeks ago, this number is likely a lot higher than it is today. So if you go, if you subscribe to the buy low, sell high theory, you're probably landing on Ohio State this week. If you're subscribing to the Indiana, it's just still undervalued and much better than everybody thinks. You're probably waiting for that 21 to pop, and then you're coming in on Indiana there. So really, really good game. It will go a long way as far as deciding the Big the Big Ten there. Um, the other big game this weekend, of course, on the NFL side, Packers-Colts. <clears throat> Sunday afternoon, Green Bay seven and two. The Colts are six and three. Colts currently minus one and a half. The total fifty one. Their wags. Really interesting scheduling spot here for the Colts. Not just because it's a divisional sandwich spot for them, meaning the game is in between one or more divisional games, but because it's sandwiched in between two games versus the Titans for the Colts here. This is the Titans. Obviously, are the only team the Colts have to face. Uh, I should say, have to worry about in terms of winning this division. The Texans and the Jags are obviously out of it. So it's extremely rare to have a divisional game twice in three weeks here. Uh, But that's what the Colts are are faced with. They're coming in off a few extra days rest from their Thursday night game against the Titans last week. So something to keep in mind there as well. As for the Packers, you know, they kind of slept walk through that game versus the Jags last week. I mean, they were down in the fourth quarter at one point. I didn't love the spot for them against the spread. That's why I, I, I laid off it from a uh, ATS perspective. They have this huge game on deck here versus the top team. Uh, as for the look-ahead spot potentially for Green Bay, they do play the Bears next week at home on Sunday night football. But I honestly think the look-ahead spot for Green Bay was last week. I think that, that this, this is a big game for them. They know the Colts are a top team, albeit in the AFC. And then they had that other big game right after that against a huge divisional rival. So I think they're kind of flat, sleepy spot. was against the one-win Jags last week. Um, and remember, they had just come off that big win versus the Niners the week before. A huge playoff re- revenge spot there. Then they went back home to face the Jags. So any motivational issues, I think, uh, for Green Bay, you don't necessarily have to worry about it this particular game. Yeah, completely agree. I was. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned the San Fran uh, win the week before Jacksonville because um, that's exactly where I was going to go. I mean, the, yep. the Jaguars game was such a flat spot going to San Francisco, uh, coming home against the Jags, and then having to go to Indianapolis. Um, and I think we, we saw, um, even over the last 24 hours, uh, this line drop pretty significantly. I think Colts were – two and a half and now they're down to one um uh, maybe one and a half so yeah one uh, and one and a half depending yeah, on the shop exactly yep. yeah. so um you know you're seeing some sharp action come in on green bay um you know i think uh th- this is the spot where you know maybe they were kind of prepping for uh and were able to sleepwalk past jacksonville sleepwalk past jacksonville they still get the job done that's right hey, jacksonville's in an interesting spot this week man Double-digit home dog versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, who don't necessarily play well, or I should say, sometimes beat the teams that they should beat. So interesting. It's a game that I'm. That's a game that I'm taking a look at. Let's say that. So I got to do some more, some more research on it. But it should be a good one. Yeah, Packers, Colts. I mean, you know, if Green Bay wins this, people I think are talking about Saints, Bucks, Seahawks. I mean, Green Bay's eight and two if they win this game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the second favorite to win the or the third favorite to win the MVP of the National Football League at this point. People are still kind of sleeping on this Green Bay team, so we'll see. We'll see. Good spot for them, I do think, though. All right, um, before we get to free plays, Wags, Monday Night Football contest time. Yeah, let's let's do a contest. I don't think we had any winners last week. We did not. We had a, a couple guys uh, DM me their answers, and they got two out of three. They were extremely close. So I, I was DMing with them and kind of joking back and forth. Man, close, close, close. So we got to get all three right, guys. So hopefully we'll have a winner this time. Again, $200 in site credit. I'm about to read off three questions. If you get all three right and are the first to get all three right, we give you 200 bucks in site credit to therealmrACL.com. You can DM your answers to myself or Wags on Twitter or email your answers ACL at the real or Captain Wags at the real Question one Monday Night Football Bucks minus three and a half versus the Rams. Good game, good game. Uh, you taking the Bucks minus three and a half or the Rams plus three and a half? Question two Name the player who will score the last touchdown in the game. Player who will score the last touchdown in the game. Question three Of course, the total number of touchdown passes by Tom Brady. Total number of touchdown passes in the football game by mr tom brady all right free play time wags you are hot 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 you do the honors my friend yeah last week had the rams uh they cover uh against the 
Seattle Seahawks. So now we are going to stay in the NFL. I have a two-team teaser, seven-point teaser. The Baltimore Ravens teasing it down from six to plus one. And your Dallas Cowboys, Love that plus team. 14. Uh, yeah, I like both of these teams, both of these spots. Um, yeah, I think Tennessee's kind of getting, you know, uh, their offense is a little flat. They're um, going going to be playing against a Ravens team who's going to be really kind of ticked off after um, playing and losing to the Patriots on the road in that, uh, you know, in that terrible weather. Um, and I think they're going to be able to shut down, you know, the likes of A.J. Brown and Jonu Smith um, and kind of cause some trouble for Tannehill. So I like the Ravens in that spot. And uh, I like the Cowboys. Look, Cowboys um, obviously haven't looked that great this year. They are getting a couple, you know, their uh, offensive linemen are coming back. I think uh, one came back uh, two weeks ago. They're now coming off uh, by... So um, I like the spot for them, and I think that they're going to uh, go up to Minnesota and, and give Minnesota a run for their money. Very good, guys. I am sticking with the NFL as well. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs, minus 6.5 here. It's mostly about the situational spot here for Kansas City. Reading player quotes leading up to this one, they've had this game circled ever since that October 11th game when they lost at home to the Raiders. The Raiders were apparently doing victory laps all over the field after the game. And the Chiefs saw that, and they've been talking about it for the last month. Uh, and listening to the players, the Chiefs guys did not take too kindly to that. So on top of that, we all know about Andy Reid off a of bye. I'm not going to dive into that again. His numbers are absolutely incredible off a of bye, both straight up and ATS. Uh, when he has time to really devise that offensive game plan against defenses, and here he gets to do it against a defense that's bottom half of the league. I mean, the Chiefs are rested. Uh, they're as healthy as as they've been up to this point all season long and i i just like them here under a touch on this massive revenge spot in a game that they know if they win it effectively wraps up the division for them so wednesday morning taping here minus six and a half minus 110 even some minus 115 starting to pop up there in the market i think this number winds up going closer to minus seven by kickoff on sunday so uh kansas city under touch on here minus six and a half at the las vegas raiders sunday night football Wags, good stuff. Uh, I know we have Thanksgiving next week. We'll be tweeting out any kind of scheduling things or how we're approaching that uh, over the next few days for next week. So stay tuned for that. Anything else, man? This should be a good, fun week of football. Yeah, looking forward to, uh, again, planting my ass on the couch and watching uh, football Thursday through uh, Monday. So uh, let's get after it. Let's, uh, Let's get some winners. Let's get some winners, my man. All right, guys. Again, for WAGs, I'm ACL. The website is therealmracl.com. We certainly appreciate when you guys leave a nice review, five stars, hopefully, and a nice little comment. We definitely do appreciate that. It helps the pod grow. Please spread the word. Retweet the pod. We definitely appreciate it. And obviously, if you have any, you know, thoughts, comments, feedback, good, bad, or indifferent about the pod, obviously, just shoot us a DM on Twitter as well. We always try to implement those things into the pod to make it better. All right, guys. Again, for WAGs, I'm ACL. Good luck on all your plays this weekend, and we'll talk to you sometime next week.